This is Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home podcast featuring the designers behind the Gallery House of Art and Design in Sag Harbor, New York. Unlike any other show house, this unique experience will bring the pages of Gallery Magazine to life by combining the best of art and design under one roof. The Gallery editorial team handpicked a unique group of talented designers and creatives, as well as some of the world's best galleries to provide art for this classic shingle-style estate. In this episode of Curated Chill, you are going to hear from Rocky Roshan designer and the Paint Lab founder. With an open and honest space that is calm and emotionally inviting, Rocky provides a window directly to his heart through his design. As you'll hear, Rocky is an open book, and that is one of the truly amazing stories behind this unique show house. This is Rocky Roshan. Here's what's so interesting, because you and I have spoken before. You did something unique this year. It wasn't just, it wasn't just, it was both the paint lab and you took on a room this year, which is, which is unique and interesting and sort of un, uh, unusual for you. So I'm, I'm curious, I wanted to hear the story. How did this all come together and why a room? Well, what's interesting is um, I had met um, Steve Mandiel and Amy in, in Los Angeles, probably two years ago, it was before the pandemic, and I'm not sure what month that was, you know, how we've all lost track time. Anyway, um, they had seen my work through my PR people, and they fell in love with it. So they were, they were participating in a show house in Pasadena. So they reached out to see if I'd be interested in doing it. Um, yeah, and I agreed to meet, meet with them, and to meet the show house people. And when I got there, you know, I realized that the paint sponsor was Dunn Edwards. Yeah, nothing against Dunn Edwards, but I told them immediately when I'm in the van, actually, before I even get to the home, I'm turned to my PR person, Julie, and I said, they've got to know I won't do a room unless I can use my paint. You know, I've invested so much in it. And that's a whole nother movie, which you know lots of that. But I mean, it's not just <laughs> right. about color. It's about finishes and lots yeah. of stuff. You know, it's that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't want to use a Dunn Edwards paint. And so Steve assured me that would not be a problem. And they really wanted me to do it. And they were going to have me do the master suite. So I started putting together a concept. And as it turned out, they would not let me use my paint. So I had to back away from it. And, but I had told Steve when I first met him, I said, you know, if you're, he was telling me he was going to be working on the other show houses. I said, if you're ever need a paint company, I would love to sponsor it. So he, he, he remembered that and, he, you know, he's a great guy and he came to me and um, when this was coming up and said, you know, I think they were actually talking to Sherwin Williams or something and he intervened and said, would you like to do it? And I said, absolutely. So that was a really great pivot point for us. And, you know, in the meantime, I've been really anxious of kind of getting more of a national um, presence as an interior designer and they offered me a room. And so that's how it all came together. So we ended up doing the paint for the entire project. And I did a bedroom. And I, I love the bedroom. And, and here's what we're doing. And I, I've said this before. I will say it again. Because this is a podcast, um, if you're listening to this, go back to the show notes. And we're going to have a link to uh, all the rooms and you can go see Rocky's space. You can see what we're, what we're talking about here. And I want to, I want to go through the room because I, I'm looking at some images online, but I don't have images for everything, but here's, what's interesting to me. I've never really 
focused because you and I, the conversations that we've had in the past is all about the paint lab. And I want to get into that a little bit and sort of the uniqueness and, and, and the specialty behind the paint lab. But I also, it's fascinating to me when I get to see a creative designer like you who gets into a space. And I was hoping that you would do me a favor and walk me through your space and explain to me for whom you designed it. And, so, and I, I want to ask you about some of the things in particular, but explain your space to me. Well, well this is what's really interesting. Um, this whole, you know, after I agreed, agreed to the show house, I was tortured. All of a sudden, I started going, okay, it's got to be the best. Okay, what am I going to do? It's got to be no, no one's ever seen this before. Oh, 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 oh. And I'm going nuts over this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this kept me from coming up with a concept. I'm a real concept person. But my concepts are derived from the people I work for. And we've talked a lot about this in the past. The way I, the way I come up with the concept is I get into imaging with the client. I start pulling it apart. I talk about the imagery and I get under their skin. And I didn't have anybody to get under the skin. <laughs> so I was paralyzed. And, and the reward for me in design is when my client goes into their room or their home and goes, oh, I love this. I mean, like that, I live for that. You know, that's really probably screwed up, but that's a big motivator for me. So here I'm sitting in limbo with no person to make happy. And so I'm late with every one of my deadlines, <laughs> stewing and stewing and stewing. Where am I going to come up with an idea? And then finally, I kind of went, um, it's about art and design and fusing the two. And I'm a big art collector. I've collected art. I painted when I was younger. I painted up until I, I still paint occasionally. But I have a real passion for art. And I looked around, I have got just a ton of art. And I went, Rocky, just do the room for this collector. I started getting, I start, I met a woman that lives in the Chelsea, lived there for years. And her husband was, did all the screen print, most of, a lot of the screen printing for Andy Warhol. So she was, and he was, a, he was, um, he was, he owned the limelight, you know, a lot of the New York clubs. And so he was really um, an important person in the, you know, 80s and into the 90s in the whole New York scene. And I've always been really enamored by the Chelsea and very enamored by, um, you know, I loved Robert Maplethorpe and Patti Smith and I'd seen images of their apartments. And I, what I always loved about it was this whole artistic kind of expression. And even in the Soho, you'll see, you know, apartments that are very bohemian and really overdone, but then there's some that are really spare and they're so confident like in their spareness. And so that started triggering me. And then I went, you know, and then because I'm from the Northwest, the Northwest has a really rich history, you know, in art, you know, um, um, Mark Toby was one of the first, if not the first person um, acquired by the Louvre in Paris in the fifties, first American artist. So there was, there was they, they were very instrumental in the whole movement, especially in the abstract expressionist movement that ended up actually carrying over into the Hamptons, you know, with Jackson Pollock and all this. So all that stuff was kind of triggering me in, with me subconsciously. And then I finally went, okay, just do the room for you. Do this room as you, um, which is the second worst, you know, <laughs> that's the second worst deal <laughs> because doing a room for yourself is also not the best, you know, it's not the most ideal situation, but that's what I end up doing. Yeah, but I also wanted to really keep in mind innovation, spareness, and a lack of pretension. You know what I mean? Like understating it. 
So when I got here and I had all my stuff shipped out, I started putting the, my artwork up and putting things in position and making, hoping that nothing was, you know, ruined in shipment. And I started putting stuff up and I hated the room. I went, oh God, I don't, this is not working. This is not working. So, <laughs> and I'm totally freaking out because here I'm in the Hamptons and every, all my resources are back in the, on the West Coast. Anyway, so that night I go back to my little Airbnb and I go to sleep and I have a dream. Well, one of my dear, dear friends years ago who worked for me was a really talented designer. And we just, we, we always clicked on every synapse when it came to design. He comes to me in my dream. And it's one of these dreams where I am like, I'm in a coffee shop in Sag Harbor in the morning. I'm looking down and really freaked out about what I'm going to do. And I look up and he's, he's like two feet away from my face and he's smiling at me. And I'm going, what the are you doing here? And he goes, I'm here to help you out. You are so stressed out. And this is one of those dreams that I felt like I could touch him. And this particular case, I felt like I could also smell him. <laughs> um, and he said to me, you're overworking it. And, you know, because I kept going, it's got to be the best, it's got to be the best, it's got to be the best. I woke up the next morning, went to the room. Well, actually, I didn't go to the room. I immediately went to a store, got a different coverlet, did this, did that. I had a clear vision of what it was. And everything was about pulling back, pulling back. No, this does not have to be the best room in the world. It does. I don't have to make some kind of monumental statement. I have to really... I have to express what the idea behind the room is and make sure it's clear. And it came together, you know, at that point. What is the narrative behind the room? The narrative behind the room, well, the, you know, the PR, my PR ladies are, actually came up with the label. I think it's called the curator's room. I think that's the name of it, or the collector's, or collector's room, something to that effect. I should know it. I don't. It's something like that. <laughs> That's the PR spin. I want to know what the creator's <laughs> vision is. My creator's vision was to do a room um, that had the soul of a collector, that had the soul of a, not just a collector, but a collector who's also an artist, a person who likes art because it takes risk. It, it, makes, it makes statements. I mean, there are some risky pieces in it. In fact, the PR, my PR ladies are going, I don't think you should put that up. I have a triptych that's a vertical of a nude woman with, you know, drawn clothes over her. And I've been in that room a lot. And I'm going to tell you something. Women love that piece. They navigate to it. They love it. And so it was kind of a, you know, I had to kind of take a leap of faith of what, you know, these, these are the pieces I bought for specific reasons. And artwork to me has got to, it's got to move me on some emotional level. It's not art to me unless it does that. I don't care if it's repulsion, attraction, or whatever. You, you made some choices in this space that are, first of all, very anti-show house. And I yeah. love that. And you made some, some other choices that are, that are very, um, you know, not, not typical design choices, you know, to, to mount a piece under a window is unconventional, mm -hmm. right? But what it winds up doing is it adds to the verticality of the room. And mm -hmm. because you, you have columns of pieces um, and you, in your groupings, it works. And so I think it's oh, really, thanks. yeah, no, it's really interesting because one of the things that I, I love to look at when I look at show houses and design rooms is the realization that this was not made for everybody. This is, a, this is an artistic representation. This is the chance, this is the opportunity 
for a creative, for a designer to do something that is, you know, they're not handcuffed by a client telling them that they want their room to look like this Pinterest room or that Instagram room, or, you know, that they actually get to do something that is really, really different. And you use that opportunity and you made some choices and I absolutely love it. And I sort of wanted to go around a little bit too, you know, the, when you're doing a bedroom, it's really interesting to me because sometimes I have seen, you know, it's not a, it's not a criticism. It's just an observation. Sometimes designers will take the bed and decide, okay, well, it's a bed. So the bed has to, it's a bedroom. The bed has to be there. So I'm going to just, or make it overly ornate. I'm going to decorate the heck out of it. And then I'm going to soften everything else. You kind of went in the opposite direction where it's like, it's a bedroom, but the bed is not the focal point. It's the work. It's the art. It's the workspace. And by the way, I want to get to the color in a minute because the color is the paint lab. And that is your pride and joy and your, your, your heart and soul. But you also have furniture pieces in here. The chair and the desk are both yours, correct? Yeah, they're from the collection body parts. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that collection and how and why you chose that for this space. Well, I did it just to promote the furniture, to be really candid. I mean, it's in the launching stages and I want to be able to promote it, right? And I, you know, my frame chair, which is in the, in the room, is one of my all-time favorite pieces. Um, it's, um, it's a um, reproduction, a digital reproduction of a, of a I think 15th, 16th century um, piece, a Botticelli etching. Um, so that's also about art, but it's also, to me, art is, gets redefined when we start having digital imaging and stuff and it's printed on canvas. And so there were things about that that I thought were appropriate to what the, the kind of heart and soul of the room was. And then the, the other furniture, there's a day bed that's in the room that's part of the collection of body parts. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I wanted people to see that and I could get into the concept of body parts, but that's too lengthy. I'm sure right now it's a very unusual concept where it's like tinker, to- uh, tinker toys, uh, where you take certain pieces and then you start reassembling them in different ways and you can mute, you can do this whole, you know, you're listening to curated chill. We'll be back in just a minute. I am constantly in awe by the resources available to the design trade. One of the best and most iconic, the A&D building in New York. If you are in the business, you already know the A&D building is New York's best resource for kitchens, baths, and fine furnishings. Featuring the city's largest selection of kitchen, bath, appliances, cabinetry, tile flooring, carpeting, shading technology, lighting, and contract furniture. Where luxury design defies expectations. How do they do that? by housing a collection of the world's most elite design brands in 40 showrooms. Explore and be inspired. The A&D building is where the world's best designers go, and they're open to the public. World-class creatives know where to get world-class design products. Find your bliss and the showrooms that can show you how to get it at New York's crown jewel of design, the A&D building. For additional information, find them online, adbuilding.com, and in the real world, at 150 East 58th Street, New York City. Thanks for listening. Now back to Curated Chill. It's interesting because what I know about you and your design approach, that's kind of how you 
approach this space, I, I feel like. And it's also, you know, in some of our conversations sort of the, with the paint lab, how you view color. What's interesting too is, and it's almost frustrating, isn't it? That someone who views this, this room, either like me, they're going to see it online, which doesn't really tell the whole story because your approach to color, and you can talk, you can speak to it, is, you know, light coming from this way is a different emotional feel than light coming from that way. And both of which you have to deal with because it's a room, it's a home, you have windows on two, three or four sides, and you're going to have to address, you know, the, the lighting and how it emotionally, you know, how it makes someone feel when they're in the space, which is really special. When you saw this space, how did you approach it from a color standpoint? And why did you choose the colors that you chose? And finally, um, I also noticed that through your accessorizing, you found a way to incorporate the paint lab paint cans <laughs> into, the, into the space, which I think is genius and I think is brilliant, especially considering for whom you designed this room. Yeah, because I kept in mind that I was basically the client and that, you know, a creative, a creative is a creative and they do whatever they, they, they think and live creatively. And the, the invention of my paint business and the evolution of it comes from my creativity. That is the same, that holds true of my line of furniture and it holds true with my design business. So when I did this, I kind of thought of myself as a young man yeah, I see myself as a younger person in this room, but at the as an older person now, it's kind of it represented the evolution of what my life experience could be. So the, the paint cans were a last minute choice. And I went, you know what, let's put them in. This is really important to who this person is here. So um, the paint, the paint and the color work I did in the room, it was with, I always love to have limitations when it comes to design, um, some kind of framework. And what one of the limitations in this room was that the the owner um, who owns the home is also the owners of Gallery Magazine. And so they went through and kind of edited choices for the bathroom finishes. And because this room is next to a bathroom, I think they very wisely went through the sponsor's options and kind of stuck with a very neutral white gray, you know, white marble grays and blacks palette. So when I selected the pattern for my, for my floor in the bathroom, it was these pale grays and whites. So that became the, um, that became the springboard uh, for how I was gonna do the finishes. And I wanted the finishes to kind of be really in sync because I wanted the room to have, um, a, again, a humbleness to it. And I wanted it to have, um, I wanted to have a quietness. I wanted to be quiet. So that's where that came from. And then the other piece, you know, our paint company is not just about color. It's that's just one one frag, you know, one piece of it. It's the more that I've you know been into it and growing it, it has become a lot more about finishes. Um, so the paint in my room in the bedroom itself, we we got uh, steel powder dust and we infused it into the paint. So it's a brand new product that we're doing, and so it's also about innovation and. Um, so that's where that came from. And then in the bathroom, the, we developed um, a paint that has really heavy, heavy infusion of lime. And so it actually starts to look like a, a very organic historical plaster. And we actually developed, we were in development for that. And that, but one of the designers um, 
Ellen um, Hamilton, who was doing the dining room, she wanted a plaster looking finish. So she talked to my people at the paint lab. We were working on that and we ended up doing that in her room and it worked out really successfully. So yeah, that was for me. So anyway, it was about innovation of finish and it was about, um, quiet, you know, quiet, you know, quiet and neutral. Yeah. Question for you. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have a paint product that you've infused with with a, a metal fleck or metal dust, will 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 that will that patina? Well, this particular one won't. The but we do have ones that patina. We have a whole line of patina infused metal finishes. We have copper. We use iron, and we put it in. We put it into the paint, and then it, it, it oxidizes. And then you make the choice of when you want to stop that. And maybe you never want to stop it. You know what I mean? But you can make a choice of when you're going to stop it. And the way you stop it is you clear coat it. And we have clear coat, private label uh, clear coats also from matte to eyeglass. So we're always, we're, we're, the paint company is about innovation. And we're really, really design centric because, and the designers really loved working with on this. It's been a real home run for us with the designers because they could see where they would get it in a timely way. We only had one five gallon con- uh, container that was damaged and shipped. And I mean, it went really, really seamlessly, but you know, we love to, we want to, we want to support creativity, you know? So you have this quiet room and it's, it's a very, it's a very emotional soft space. And then you've got this red dog sitting in the corner. What's the red dog? It's a rabbit. It's It's actually a rabbit. rabbit. Okay. What is the story with the red rabbit? Okay, she's a she's a red angora rabbit, 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 and I don't know the name of the artist right now. And I should. That's so I'm so bad in this, you know, in this arena. But she's from Portland, Oregon. You know, your old state isn't that where you grew up in Oregon? No, California. Oh, I thought you were in Oregon. Anyway, she's she's a young artist from Oregon, and she's part of this whole arts and crafts movement that we're seeing in art right now that really started emerging about ten years ago, and so it is a knitted. Angora sleeve over this rabbit. And it's very, very beautiful when you see it up close. When you were placing that particular piece there, I find that so interesting because it, it kind of shocks the senses a little bit because you made such a point of making this a, a serene and quiet space. It doesn't disrupt it emotionally, but it definitely draws the eye to it. And I find that so interesting. Well, I love to do that. I mean, that is probably a consistent thing for me historically in my design. And I don't know what I, words I can use here, but I, I call it the, you know, it starts with an F, ends with the K that I bring into a space. And that's meant to shake people up. Like once they think that they figured it out, I like to shake them up. And I like to do that in everything. It's not just in designing a space. It's, um, it's meant to wake people up and go, oh, wait, you know, like I like to break a rule. You know, so so it's the it's the funk you bring to the room yeah. or just breaking a rule. You know, it's another F word that ends in K, but not the one I think you yeah. <laughs> that was the word I meant. <laughs> You're so astute. Exactly. You're like a psychic. <laughs> um, Rocky, this was really great. So the last question I have for you is because one of the things about design houses, show houses, design spaces there's so much that's in a space, regardless of the size of the room. And it's really interesting to me because sometimes the smallest rooms have the greatest design impact to me and what I've noticed in the past. 
that people don't really get a chance. You may be able to walk through it in person, but you still don't get to see everything. It's kind of like a museum. You know what I mean? You, you don't get to see. Is there anything that you would consider the first focal point? The, the, and if maybe even it's something that's small, maybe it's something that's a little hidden Easter egg that you put in there. What is it that you'd really like people to notice and take away from your space? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably tell you an answer you don't want to hear, but I've been in the room enough to, where I see people walking in and seeing it for the first time. And it's up on the second floor and it's on a very end. So they've had a chance to see at that point, probably most of the house. And the reaction I get from people is exactly what I wanted to have happen. And it's an emotional reaction. It's not to a piece, it's a, to a feeling. And I talk a lot about this. When you're designing a space, you're trying, to, you're trying to create a feeling. It's the same way as writing a book, doing a movie, you know, whatever. You're trying to, you're trying to um, establish a feeling and people come in and they go, they take a big deep breath and go, oh my God, this is so calm. I wanna come move in here, you know? And so in other words, what I'm, what I'm trying to do when I design something is I'm trying to impart the soulful piece. Like what is the energy? It could be very frenetic too. You know, it could be whatever that is I'm trying to create. But in this particular environment, I want to be uh, spare, feel creative and feel all kind of like, I don't care that much, you know, like Maplethorpe and Patti Smith, you know, in their apartment, I went back to that idea. So it's most, the most important thing to me was the, the emotion you'd feel when you walk in. And I, it was shocking to me. I have people saying, I have people saying things like, oh, it's so soulful. Like they use, they're using words that I was, so I felt really, it makes me feel successful. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. And I think it was great. I love this space. Um, well done. Nice job, Rocky. Thank you. Nice to see you. This is Curated Chill, the Aspire Design and Home podcast. This episode featured designer and founder of The Paint Lab, Rocky Roshan, in the Gallery House of Art and Design in Sag Harbor, New York. Thank you to our partners and Curated Chill sponsors. And thank you for taking the time to enjoy Aspire Design and Home. Thank you for taking the time to enjoy Aspire Design and Home. Thank you for listening to the show and loving Sublime Design the way we do. Until next time, come back to chill.